You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to the Wednesday episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman, and it is wonderful to be with everybody. I can see the countdown crew is already up and at them. I love it. Delta, you got in there first. Props to you, uh, and welcome. Here's the deal. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we've got some good news for all you people harping on the trade (laughs) are the 49ers going to add somebody are the 49ers going to add somebody and i keep trying to say uh, yes but we're not going to pay up well that's exactly what happened today we've got some film that will jump into the newly acquired jordan willis who we got for free um this is 100 free it's it's pretty interesting how we got him and we're going to spend a lot of time on that we're going to go over some trade uh go over uh, injuries practice reports, things of that nature. Then at the end of the episode, we're going to rank every single defensive player starter versus their peers. So where does the our defensive ends rank numerically based on pro football focus against all the same positions? We're going to go through all starters that we have currently uh, seeing where they are. And I've even got a Thursday night bet for you guys. Not a risky one. I'm taking it pretty chill. Uh, small risk, small reward, but that is okay. Um, Delta, I see Delta, he, he's he's at it ask if i have voted yet i have not i am waiting till this weekend i'm probably going to go monday or tuesday to go vote in person um i I would prefer to mail in my ballot but um as a teacher you know i teach government and economics and things like this i've talked about the importance of voting so i want to go vote in person um to just demonstrate for my kiddos uh that one it should be done and just to set that positive example so yes believe you me i'm voting are you kidding me (laughs) i'm like the most pro vote person that exists yes go vote every single person go vote i don't care what side you're on i don't care which your affiliation party go vote Go vote. Uh, We cover, you know, in class all the time, the cost of the vote through the civil rights, uh, through the 19th Amendment, through all these things. Go vote. I don't care who you support. Just vote. All right, here we go. Let's get to some football, baby. Practice report for Wednesday. Depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording Wednesday. It's 3.53 p.m. now. Um, Did not practice today. Quan Alexander, Raheem Mostert, Joukowsky Tart, and Trent Williams. Okay, those are the people that did not practice at all today. Limited participants, we got two. Number 27 and Jeff Wilson got a limited practice in, which bodes very well. It bodes well on so many levels because here, here's what's going on. Your running back rotation going into this week versus the Patriots, it's going to be Jarek McKinnon starting. Hasty Baby is going to be the number two, and Jeff Wilson will be the number three. Now, if, if Jeff Wilson got in all full practices this week it would have been possible for jeff wilson to be the number two but because he's still limited 
Um, I strongly expect it to be number one, Jarek, number two, Hasty, number three, Jeff Wilson. And that's really not a, it's not where anybody wanted us to be, right? You look at, you know, Raheem Mostert one, Tevin Coleman two. We'll see what happens with Jarek McKinnon. Go back to the injuries in the offseason. Oh, Jarek McKinnon's looking healthy. Yeah, but can you trust him? Yeah, but can you trust him? Yeah, but can you? Turns out you can trust him. <laughs> um, he hasn't been injured. He's played every single game, the only running back that has played every single game. And I think Jermichael Hasty is going to get a decent workload. Um, 10 plus carries is a strong possibility. He got nine last week. Um, but I think 10 plus carries, I think we're going to be there. I, I really, really do. Um, now let's get into, we're going to jump into a lot. Uh, let's do this now. I'm seeing it. That's what people want to talk about. Let's talk about the trade. Uh, I'll switch up my order. I don't mind. Let, let's go for the different order. I, I'm totally cool with that. So let's talk about Jordan Willis. Okay. I've got some film up here. If you're watching on YouTube, I want to call it highlights, but I don't think it's really highlights. Um, <laughs> there, there's a couple sacks. There's a couple hustle plays, but that's it. And you're going to see them for two different teams. Now, let's go over the parameters of the trade so everybody chills out because there's so much misinformation. I don't know why people have such a hard time getting correct information, um, but it is what it is. So here's, we gave up a 2022 six-round pick. We didn't give up a pick this year. In fact... We got a pick back. <laughs> so we get Jordan Willis and we get a 2021 seventh rounder. Not that big of a deal. Okay. We gave up a 2022, two drafts from now, six rounder. That's it. We got back a seventh and this player. Now, who is Jordan Willis? Now, before I go to that, I, I do want to say this. If you've ever seen a draft day trade for future draft picks, here's how the trade chart works out. If I trade a third rounder this year, I expect to get a round up the following year. So if I trade a third rounder this year, I want a second rounder next year because I have to wait, delayed gratification, right? Because I'm waiting, I want to step up a whole round. So again, if I trade a fifth rounder this year, I want a fourth next year. That's the concept. Now we gave up a sixth next year for a seventh this year. That's a tit-for-tat trade. That's an equal trade. The fact that Jordan Willis is thrown in is just a little bit of extra gravy. It's no surprise or shocker the Jets are done and in rebuilding mode. Jordan Willis didn't work out for them. They acquired him when they were trying to do the 4-3. He's a 4-3 guy. Then they switched to a 3-4, and he wasn't a great fit. So he hasn't got a lot of playing time this year. He only played in two games, and it wasn't very good in either of those games. Now, is Jordan Willis going to start for us? Hell no, he's not. He's not a starter. Joe Willis is going to be a situational defensive end for us to help us get Eric Armstead inside. That's what this will do. Okay, One, it gives us depth on the edge, and it allows us to move Eric Armstead inside to rush the passer from the inside more often. Okay, So now let's jump into who Jeff Willis is. He's 6'4", 270, dude. He's a big guy. That likes to play defensive end. Super athletic. Uh, I watched him play a lot in college. He went to Kansas State. You know, I'm a, I'm a Longhorn fan, so I watched a lot of Big 12 football, which sucks lately. <laughs> but, you know, I, I follow kind of all the players that go through those programs. And it, I, I have my, I went, I went digging deep for my 2017 draft report that I wrote on this kid before the draft. Now, he, went, he got drafted in the third round. So I had him as my number 13 edge in that class, number 80 overall. So which goes out to a bottom third round pick. So that's about where he went. He was 6'4", 255. He's added some weight during that time, but he is hyper athletic. This kid ran a 4'5", 340. A 4'5", 540 at 255 pounds. Now he's a straight line speed. And as you're watching these clips, he has zero bend. He, he didn't have bend in college. He doesn't have Ben now. He's a poor man's carry hider. That's kind of who he is. Uh, let me just read verbatim what I have in my, again, I wrote this in 2017 before the April draft. I think it was May that year, actually, the draft. I remember being pissed off that year, the whole year, because I had to wait two more weeks for my draft. Anyway, uh, he was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year coming out of Kansas State. Bill Snyder, one of the greatest coaches in the history of college football, said he is the epitome of Kansas State football. Now, if you don't know what that means, 
Kansas State is the Big Ten version, football style, just talking play, of the Big 12. The Big 12 is all spread, crazy throw, whatever, not Kansas State. That's not who they are. They are the definition of a lunch pail team, mostly junior college transfers that don't get playing time until their fourth or fifth year because they can't lure the athletes that other teams do. But this was a local kid. He went to Rockhurst um, High School in Kansas City, which I don't know if you're familiar with Kansas City. I went to grad school there. Uh, it's a little Jesuit school right in the middle of the city. Uh, they have a great football program. It was a lot of fun seeing their games whenever I was there. So he wanted to stay local, went to Kansas State. He's just the definition of a worker. That's all that he is. Three-year starter with a great motor, uh, more of a power rusher, does not run the arc well. He has no bend. <laughs> His hips are nailed, and they can't pivot. <laughs> and if you're watching any of these plays here, you can see he wins through technique and power and straight line speed. He cannot bend at all. Um he just can't do it. Amazing play side run defender. Stop me if you've heard that before with 49ers defensive ends. Do they have a type? Yes, they do. Uh, they really, really do have a type. Um, he wins with great arm extension, keeps leverage to control his gap. That has translated perfectly to his game in the pros. You could see as the plays are going through here. I have an A++++ run defender, but will struggle with pass rush at the next level. We've seen that as well. We'll get more effort sacks than outright beating the O-lineman. Uh, we'll have a long career because his role against the run, but not a Pro Bowl level talent. My NFL comparison for him before the draft was Chris Gokung. Um, if I have to add him to somebody now, it would be 100% Kerry Hyder, but a poor man's version. And here's what I mean for this. Poor man's version is not an insult. It just means he's not as good at anything as Kerry Hyder. It just minimized the traits just a little bit. Did you? Did your mom ever used to make Kool-Aid for you guys? And then you didn't have enough for everybody, so you just poured a little water in there. Maybe I'm the only one that did that. I was the only bad person. That's what this is. Just diluted <laughs> a little bit. But he is somebody that can come in and can contribute. He's going to give us depth, not a starter. He won't start one game outside of injury. I feel like I have to add that asterisk. It's not really who he is. Um, he's a guy, again... He's not going to go in in front of Deion Jordan. Deion Jordan will be the first defensive end, you know, off the bench. He will be the fourth. Um, and again, he will allow Eric Armstead just kick inside on pass rush downs. So now you're going to have the opportunity to go really, really big. You can have your defensive ends being Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis, and on the inside, Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead. Uh, you, it just adds depth. Uh, to that rotation so that you can get those guys in there. And he is a above average run defender, so we're not going to lose that as well. I think that this is a great move. One, you have to look at what you gave up. We didn't give up anything. Literally gave up nothing. We got an extra pick this year. We've been hum hamstrung for picks for so long. Nope, we got an extra pick. So we currently in the 2021 draft, this upcoming draft, we have... Two fifth rounders and two seventh rounders, but we do not have a third. That went to Trent Williams. We have our first. We have our second. No third. We have a fourth. We will have two fifths, our original fifth. Then we're going to get a fifth compensation pick for Emmanuel Sanders. We have our sixth and then two sevenths. Now our original seventh and now a seventh for Jordan Willis. So that's great. Um, now, does the seventh round pick mean really anything? Not really. Um, the 49ers will and deal in the second half of the draft that third day. So I doubt that we'll even use those picks. We'll probably package it and move around. But the 49ers got better, and it didn't cost us anything. Um, that is a great thing. You know, I walked away from this whenever I saw we trading for Jordan Willis. My immediate thought was we probably gave up a sixth. Um, that, that would be <laughs> too much, right? So if we gave up a sixth, that's the ceiling that we would have paid. Seventh probably made more sense. Then about 20 minutes later, the compensation details came out and I was like, oh, all right. I freaking love this. John Lynch for the win, baby. Um, so he can't play this week because of COVID protocols. He got to fly across the country. He's got to get tested, all that kind of stuff. So we're not going to see him this week. Even though we're playing, you know, in Boston, it seems like that should be just a straight fit. But even if he could, he would not play. He doesn't know our system very well. And, and something else, 
they liked him coming out of college. The 49ers had Jordan Willis on an official draft day visit before the 2017 draft. So they've kept an eye on this kid, saw that it wasn't a fit in New York whenever they switched their systems, and why not? Uh, go get him, plug him in, allow him to work his way in there, and it didn't cost anything. I keep seeing people talking about how he gave up two picks. That is not what it is. Now, his stats aren't great, okay? So now let's just focus on his NFL career. He played two years with the Bengals and then one year and some change with the Jets. He's got three sacks for his career. Not great. Eight tackles for loss, though. That is pretty good. Nine quarterback hits, 52 tackles. Um, he's only played 46 snaps this year. A bad fit for the Jets team. Uh, he just does not fit their scheme whatsoever. So that's who we got. <laughs> you know, you know, you you look at who Jordan Willis is and what his role is going to be. We've defined it. And we've already come out and said this is a backup, situational, rotational, defensive guy that just helps. It doesn't really do much to bolster our starting ranks. That's not what it is. It'll protect us from injury, and it just gets us deeper. Uh, I like this question. Let's see here from Tlutes24. Tell us what you think if it would cost to trade for Merciless uh, from the Texans or in Kerrigan. Kerrigan is ideal. Merciless, I like. Again, he's a little bit more of a 3-4 outside guy, but Merciless can play. He's so tough, he could do whatever he wants. Um, Kerrigan, I think, would be a better fit, but here's the deal. Lakin Tomlinson restructured his deal today, bringing up an additional $1.3 million cap for this year, for the 2020 cap. That brings our total to right at $3.8 million cap for this year. Now, Jordan Willis isn't really going to affect our numbers too much there, but $3.8 million will not get you merciless, and it sure as hell is not going to get you Ryan Kerrigan. I love the idea. Do I want to add one of those guys? I'd love to. Kerrigan would be the one I'd go after. He fits our system much better. Um, but be, you got to pay that guy this month, the money this year, and we just don't have it. And, you know, you got all these injuries, and I get you want to go sign guys, but you've got to pay them too. You've got to make that work, and it just doesn't work yet. Um, yeah, anyway. Oh, I see Jose. Jose Torres, are you serious? Uh, because I need help in that class talking about me being a teacher. Sure, man. Reach out to me. Uh, 49ers Rush Podcast. Be happy to help if I can. Uh, in any way, um, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But, yeah, reach out, Jose. If you need help, I got you, man. I don't care if you go to my school or not. People that need help, I got you, man. Um, let's see here. Nick. What position is the weakest right now for the 49ers? Center, safety, defensive end. I think I would say center 100%. We're going to talk a lot about Hiranis Grasso in a second. But I think nickel without Kwan Williams. Jamar Taylor played well. Yeah, he really, really did this week. But there's just some major issues there. Defensive end. I think we're strong at defensive end. We're just not strong at pass rushing defensive end. So, so that's a problem. So I would say center 100%. After that, I would have said right guard, but Daniel Brunskill's coming off the game of his life against you know the defensive player of the year. He's already going to win it. I can guarantee you that. Um, so those are kind of the things. Yes, we need pass rush. Yes, we need pass rush. Yes, we need pass rush. But we do have good defensive ends. And I think once we get down to you know ranking everybody, and going through all the different players on defense, it's going to make sense. I, I mean, it's pretty. I was pretty shocked whenever I went through and saw where our defensive ends ranked uh, across the NFL's defensive ends and what that looks like. Uh, Michael, do you think this trade would have taken place if we had a bigger salary cap? Um, probably not. This is definitely a keep it safe, keep it cheap kind of trade that we did here because Jordan Willis isn't going to add to our uh, cap very much, if at all. Uh, this is a cheap deal, and you didn't have to spend draft capital. So the 49ers are 3-3. Three and three. We're, in, we're in no man's land. We're a 500 football team. Are we fighting for the playoffs? <laughs> are, are we rebuilding for the future? Uh, where are we at? We don't know. November 4th, Election Day, is the trade deadline. We only got one game before then. So you've got to kind of figure – we might have two games before then, actually, with the way it falls. I think we do. Um, so you've got to kind of figure that out. You got two weeks to figure it out. The good thing is we currently are going to be playing against somebody that's going to 
you know, we're playing quality teams. We're playing a, a middle-of-the-road team in the Patriots, 2-3, and three, and we're playing a team with the best record in the NFL in our division, the Seattle Seahawks, the next two weeks. We're going to find out pretty damn quick um, exactly where we fit. Um, both mobile quarterbacks. Jordan Willis isn't going to help us with mobile quarterbacks. Uh, Robert Saul is going to be the one that's going to have to help us. That's on him, Drake Greenlaw, uh, Fred Warner. It's up to those guys. So we'll have to see what happens there. Now let's let's jump back now. Um, I'm, I'm a little out of order here, but I don't care. Uh, let's talk about injury updates, and then we'll jump into our defensive stuff. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just finished his press conference about 30 minutes ago, um, just giving us our updates on different players. And so we already mentioned Trent Williams is out. He did not practice. Does that mean Trent Williams will not be playing this week? Well, here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say about that. But that nothing was broken and that it wasn't a high ankle. So that, that was good news, but um, still not too much pain to practice today. And um, I know he'll be questionable throughout the week. So hopefully it'll get better each day, but it's not there yet. So Trent Williams doesn't have a major injury, but in too much pain to practice. Typically speaking... Kyle Shanahan wants their players to get at least one practice in order to play. Now, there's some exceptions, right? George Kittle, he can play without it. Um, even Jimmy Garoppolo, he would not allow him to come back and play till he had a full practice. But sometimes there are players, Richard Sherman, um, some guys that it doesn't matter, they're kind of past that level. We don't know where Trent Williams is yet. But Kyle Shanahan didn't put any pre-qualifiers on it by saying he has to get a full practice, and he didn't say that. So we'll have to wait and see and find out tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. There's two days, two practices left for the 49ers. Wednesday's the first day. Thursday's the full day. Friday is kind of the lighter walkthrough day, right? Or Saturday they walk through. But you have three practices a week in the NFL. That's it on a typical week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's what you got. So he's missed one. So let's play this out. Let's say Trent Williams can't go. Well, there's no question who's going to go behind him. We saw it. Um, Justin School. We've seen Justin School a lot. This is his second year. First year, he filled in at left tackle, right tackle. He struggled big time immediately, lost his job to Daniel Bruinskill, but won it back throughout the year. If you remember, in the Super Bowl, when Joe Staley missed a series, it was Justin School that went in. And again, Justin School went in just last week. And so there, there's some issues there, and we're going to talk about center as well. So possible left tackle out. Center is definitely out. Ben Garland's on IR. He's missing three weeks minimum. So now you got Ronis Grasso in there as well, which that shakes up. Who's the backup center now? So let's say something happens to Ronis Grasso. Who's going to move over to center? Daniel Brunskill is listed as the backup center. So then you'd have to shuffle Brunskill to center. Now you got to replace the right guard. So <laughs> it's, 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 you're shuffling the deck chairs, man. <laughs> you're moving all these pieces you finally get a week of continuity between the offense, offensive starters, and it didn't last long. didn't even last a half. But that half was incredible. You go out and you put up, I think it was 21 or 24 points. Uh, things were good. Now, here's Kyle Shanahan talking about those backups, Justin School and Colton McKivitz, the rookie, who we have not seen get meaningful snaps yet, but he's got to be ready and what that looks like. Here's Kyle Shanahan. Gotten a lot better. Um, did a good job last year for us. I'm getting thrown in there early, having to start those number of games at tackle. Um, you always get nervous when you're away from people, especially going into their second year in an offseason. Um, but you can tell however he spent his quarantine time that he did it the right way because he came to training camp bigger, stronger, and um, took a step forward um, throughout the practices. And um, if he does get the opportunity to play here a little bit more going forward, I expect to see that on the field too. Um, and then McKivitz. Yeah, McKivitz definitely, I mean, played tackle in college. Um, we know he could play guard or tackle for us um, right now. I mean, he's the next man up behind everyone, especially us losing um, Garland last week. Um, so he's got to be ready to do a number of things. And um, we've worked him at everywhere. But um, whenever a guy goes down, we'll decide on what are our best five and where we can put those guys. It's, it's not an optimal situation at all. Um, good news is we finally saw Kyle Shanahan do some things to adjust the game plan and the play calling to be smart. You get the ball out quick, very quick, you know, side-to-side -side lateral game with end of rounds, jet sweeps, tosses, things of that nature. That worked very, very well. Hopefully you continue that against a multiple defense that we're going to be seeing this week in the Patriots. We'll deal with that in our preview episode for sure. 
but there, there's a lot there. Now, um, you know, I, I thought one of the best press conference clips this week was earlier today when Mike McGlinchey got to the stage, which again, we, we stressed this yesterday, McGlinchey had the best game of his entire career um, just this last week. And so we've been waiting for him to flash. This was it. I mean, I'm not saying that he played good for McGlinchey. I'm not saying he played good for the 49ers. I'm saying Mike McGlinchey was the best offensive tackle in the NFL last week. Um, McGlinchey was incredible. Uh, you saw him go ham after the game was over, after Debo did the jet sweep to get the first down, and he, he headbutts Aradis Grasso like four times in a row just because he went super sand <laughs> just lost his cool. But Mike McGlinchey was on the stage today, and he was asked, tell us about this center. Tell us about Aradis um, Grasso and what makes him so special. Um. Well, communicationally, obviously, everything goes through the center. Everything that we always do, protection-wise, uh, run game-wise, everything works off the center and, and who and his command. Um, and we haven't had any lulls in that. Uh, we, we're very fortunate to have the three guys that we've had over my three years here playing center in Weston, Ben, and, and now Hironis. Um, three awesome pros, three guys that are incredibly prepared at all times, three guys with a lot of ability and that can get the job done for us. And um, Hironis has been great since he showed up here. Um, happy that he came in and during training camp where he could get a feel for our system early and then work through it as you know he's gotten a game under his belt when he played against Arizona and did a great job there and he's going to continue to grow and do well for us in, in the next few and um, Hironis has been great since he showed up he's he's worked his butt off the entire time he, com he has a command of our offense and he and, and he can make the blocks that he needs to and he's going to be great for us um, can't wait to watch him practice here in a couple minutes it's going to be fun getting the ground rolling with him and uh, and and keep them keep the thing moving like we have uh, the last week or so. Last one. For and and so you kind of hear like hopefully <laughs> the fact that he started week one, the fact that he got in last week, the butterflies should be gone. You know, Hieronis Grasso is not. There's a reason why he's a backup. There's a reason why he's on the practice squad. Hopefully, he can step up to the situation. Now, the good thing is this week and next week. We're going to have him for three weeks, but uh, not very tough matchup on the defensive interior uh, versus the Patriots and Seahawks. They, they don't really have a lot in the middle. They're, they got some run stuffers in there, but not known for their kind of pass rush, whatever, prowess, whatever. So that's what we got there. Now, we did make a couple other moves. Joe Walker, the linebacker, was called up from the practice squad. He's now elevated for this week, which is much more of a signature to Chukwaski Tart because we didn't lose a linebacker and Walker wasn't really called up last week too much. And so now here's the thing. Tart plays so much special teams. What Joe Walker brings to the table is he's a special team star. Um, that's kind of where he has painted his mold in the NFL. Um, so we're going to have Joe Walker up. He'll be on all four special teams. I doubt he'll get any playing time um, from the linebackers. We're pretty set there. Aziz is the same. He's been playing great. Drake Greenlaw won the freaking game for us, as far as I'm concerned. One of the stud players on the defensive side um, just made so many great plays. But anyway, there's that. Now, here's a big negative. Uh, and Richard Sherman. You know, we were hoping to have him back after three weeks. We were hoping to have him back weeks four and five. It just keeps going on and on and on. And in fact, Kyle Shanahan let something out that we haven't even heard yet. Richard Sherman is wearing a walking boot, and he's still in it. Um, and now he's in a boot just to taking care of it, making sure it heals and let, letting those take course. I thought it would be I'd have more answers this week, but I still think it's going to be a, a few weeks on that. Um, it's obviously going a little longer than we expected. Um, Got to play it smart with them. Um, but I don't see it being um, week to week right now. I see it being um, probably till um, around our bye week. Not ideal, my good friend. Uh, but it, we take what we got. The good news is we are having elite quarterback play without Richard Sherman. When we get back Richard Sherman, it will only improve. So you don't really want to rush it. He is older. He's had multiple injuries on this leg. The, the Richard Sherman signing has been a home run for the 49ers. But this is a problem. This is a major problem. Um, you've got to figure that out. So now our cornerback depth on the outside stays the same. You've got Jason Verrett, Manuel Mosley, Akello backing up. Um, you know, number 27, he got through a healthy, healthy uh, limited practice today. So we'll have to see what happens there. But you're three deep. That's it. If you got 
more than one injury to an outside corner, go back to that freaking Miami Dolphins game. So that's a little scary. Now, good news on the inside. Kwan Williams is expected back next week. That is awesome. Shark week, baby. And we need him back ASAP. Jamar Taylor, who I talked about, has not played well. Uh, he's been off and on. I, I don't want to say he hasn't played well. But you don't want him guarding Tyler Lockett <laughs> against Seattle. We saw Kwan Williams. He's played Tyler Lockett and shut him down multiple times. So there, there's some good there. There's some excitement there. But we got to get this guy back. So Kwan Williams, this should be the last week that we are without Kwan Williams, which is the best news of the day because we got to get that guy back. Uh, Jason Verrett, Manuel Mosley, um, Kwan Williams. That's a starting nickel corner group that that's going to be. That's top 10 in the NFL. Um that is a solid, solid group, and we need it back for that game because that game's going to be key. Imagine if the 49ers come out, beat the Patriots, and win against the Seattle Seahawks, both on the road, mind you. Yeah, and now you're talking five and three. Now, now we're right back in it. Obviously, as a coach or as a player, you don't think that way, but as fans, we sure as hell do. Can we beat Seattle? Yeah, we can beat Seattle. Anytime we can beat Seattle. That's a divisional game. Is Seattle a better team than us? The Russell Wilson, yeah, 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 I think you could say that. But I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if we we're playing hopscotch versus the Seattle team. We can beat them. Period. Um, it's a rivalry. It always comes down to the end. <laughs> Look at the last two games. Can we beat the Patriots? Yes. But here's the main issue. Can you stop a mobile quarterback? With this defense, we haven't seen it yet this year. Um, and that's kind of the problem with our defensive ends. They are run-stuffing bigger defensive ends, and they have not been able to chase quarterbacks, and that's been a problem. Uh Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app and here's what's great it, it you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country including california texas and georgia on top of that you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions some of these player props nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds anthony davis more than two blocks lillard four three-pointers made you get a pick exactly how you want to use your bets so download the app today use code 49ers 49ERS for a deposit match up to $100 again that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola Pepsi or 7-Up all with your card shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today Kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details um, now let's jump before we go in and rank all of our defensive starters versus the rest of the NFL. Let's hear a real quick word from our sponsor, my bookie. And then I've got a bet for our Thursday night game. We took a break from Thursday night games, but I kind of like this. I'm taking a cheater bet, but that's okay. Here's my bookie. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know, the NFL and the NBA, they're back. They're in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's a winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting whenever I'm putting my money on it. And if you've been betting with us, we've been doing very, very well so far this year. So stick with us. Bet on it. Use all the knowledge that we have. And let's be successful. And here's the deal. Right now, they have $100,000. You heard me. $100,000 super contest for only $10 entry. 10 bucks. You can win all that money. They're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to jump in there with all your knowledge. $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You too can make up and sign up at my bookie. And here's the deal. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means you put in $100, they're going to give you $100. 
rollovers will be included in that. And if you have questions, please call their customer service. They'll help you with that. But the NFL, NBA, MLB, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started. And if you've wanted to jump in with us, now's the best time. Head to mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. Thanks for the support, MyBookie. All right. Um, we've got one of the worst games in the history of mankind Thursday night. Any NFC East team, let alone game between two NFC East opponents, it's not worth <laughs> It's just crappy football. That's all there is to it. But we have the Eagles and the Giants, which is just two bad teams. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking the money line of the Eagles. Um, and so here's the deal. You do a little bit of research. Eagles have won the last seven matchups versus the Giants and 11 out of the last 12 matchups, and that's almost impossible for a divisional opponent. But the Giants are bad. Um, you know, you watch them. They're just not a good football team. They struggled, and yes, they beat the Jets, but whoop-de-doo. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're looking at the Eagles. They they were fell in a huge hole, but they fought back and made the game relevant against the Ravens. So I, I love the Eagles um, versus the Giants. I just don't believe in any New York team. And whenever you watch what they have in the trenches, it's just gross. Uh, the Eagles are getting back Lane Johnson. They're getting back Deshaun Jackson. Um, I'm liking the way their passing game is going. Yes, Miles Sanders is out. That is a huge problem. But to beat the Giants, I just think that they have such an advantage. So I bet 10 um, on the Eagles' money line just to win the game outright. I didn't want to give points or whatever. So it's bet 10 to win 14.50. Small risk, uh, small reward, but that's what I'm taking. So if you want to bet with me, I understand. It here's the deal: if you're new to betting, Thursday night and divisional games are usually red flags. But for me, it's much more entertainment in this game. But we're way up; uh, we're over a hundred dollars up on the season so far. If you have been betting with us, but our Thursday records has been pretty bad. So take that for what you will. Uh, but I've already put that money down. And anytime I talk about a bet on here, let me just say. I put my own personal money, whatever I say, or, or more, um, I, that's my money. So I put my money where my mouth is on that. But we've been making money um, all year, so that's been good. All right, let's go over to the divisional ranks now, and let's talk about these guys. So I went through all the defensive tackles, all the defensive ends, linebackers, corners, safeties, everybody. Where do we rank our starters amongst other positions or their own positions throughout the NFL? Now, remember, there's 32 teams, right? So every single team starts at least two defensive tackles. So that's 64. So if you're in the top 64 for defensive tackles, then you are a quote-unquote starting quality player, uh, but not elite, right? So our defensive tackles, we have three ranked. Um, the highest of which is not DJ Jones. It's not the rookie Kinlaw. It's Givens. Givens ranks as the number 30 overall interior defensive player. Number 30. And whenever you watch film, he's showing splashes every week. Um, he's really, really good. <laughs> he's the most disruptive out of DJ Jones and Kinlaw. Now, he doesn't take on the double teams nearly as well as the other two. But as far as a penetrating defensive tackle and in the pass game, yeah, Givens, he's your kind of disruptor. Okay, DJ Jones comes in at number 40, and Javon Kinlaw, the rookie, number 78. He is... He's struggling uh, because he is a run game only player currently. The pass rush is just not elevating. But opposing teams, you can tell, are measuring him. Because if you look at the most double teams, it's not DJ Jones. It's not Givens. The teams are double teaming Javon Kinlaw. So he's getting the respect of the opposing teams, just not translating that into sacks or quarterback pressures. Uh, but he is not being moved off that defensive line at all. Um, still really like the pick, uh, but he's got a lot of grooming to do like we understood he would. Now let's go edge players. We've got three edge players ranked. Uh, Eric Armstead came in number eight. Eight overall. He's ranked ahead of Chase Young, Joey Bosa, Cam Jordan, J.J. Watt. Eric Armstead is putting up an all-pro year. All-pro, not pro bowl. I'm talking all-pro defensive end. Now, his pressure rate is incredible. His sack rate, not so much. Um, we're kind of back to, if you go back, I think it was 2018, where it was just DeForest Buckner over there, and he was all by himself. He was the only one in the backfield every time. That's kind of where we're at. 
um, which is sad <laughs> because, you know, we go out and we add D Ford, we add Nick Bosa, and everything's just working perfectly. Well, we're, he, he's kind of the lone gunman there. DeForest Buckner's gone, Nick Bosa's gone, D Ford's gone. Eric Armstead's doing it all by himself and successfully. Um, Kerry Hyder, number 32. This is a guy we almost cut. We almost cut, <laughs> but but he was the last person on our roster on the defensive side. We decided to keep him, and he has just balled out. Number 32 overall edge player. Um, again, it's two edge players each for each team, right? 32 teams, 64. He's better than half of them. Not making much money, but, man, love me some Kerry Hyder. And Deion Jordan, he comes in number 56. He's made a couple plays. So our edge, I get we're not getting pass rush, but... That's only one of the main caveats, perhaps the main caveat of the game. The running game, we are so stout. Uh, we're doing great versus the run. We're just missing it on pass rush. Uh, that's all there is to it. Linebackers, holy cow. Uh, we have just insane. Uh, Fred Warner is currently the number three best linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus. The only two linebackers ahead of him are Miles Jack and KJ Wright. Um, Warner is playing great. He he's the best in the game. All there is to it. Drake Greenlaw, number 25. Number 25. Quan Alexander, number 40. So, again, you've got three players in the top 40. Most teams play with three linebackers or four. <laughs> so that 50, you know, 30, that 64 number is actually 96 whenever you're looking at linebackers, maybe even over 100. We have three in the top 40. Um, and Aziz isn't close behind. Like he hasn't played enough snaps to uh, qualify on the rankings for Pro Football Focus yet, but he's got to be ranked there. He's played very well. Cornerback. This one was the most shocking to me. Jason Verrett. Jason freaking injured all the time. Verrett. Love this guy. This story. Number three for all cornerbacks, and that's outside corners and nickel corners. Number three. Only people ahead of them are Jair, uh, Jair Alexander of the Packers and Jamel Dean for Tampa Bay, who's got all the interceptions. So you're talking number three from Jason Verrett. Mosley, number 45. K1 Williams, number 55. Not elite, but good. Starter level. Starter level. Again, 96 corners start. If you look at both outside and the nickel, the entire NFL is 96. We have three in the top 55. Richard Sherman doesn't even qualify. What if he does get healthy in three to four weeks and we get him back in there? Now we're talking about some dangerous stuff. Safeties, not too great. Kwaski Tart, 34. Uh, Jimmy Ward, 72 out of safeties. Um, no team plays with more than two safeties. So <laughs> Tart's average starter. Jimmy Ward, not starter quality. Now he is coming off of his best game this year which he had against the Rams. He always plays good against the Rams. Jimmy Ward does. Uh, he likes divisional games. But still, even with that good game, which he was the second highest rated run def or defensive player, he's still really, really low. So uh, there's some issues there, right? Uh, but, you know, some of the things that are shocking, <laughs> Armstead at 8, Warner at 3, Jason Verrett at 3, Greenlaw at 25, Kevin Givens at 30. There's a lot of positives about this defense. We're not getting to the quarterback. That's got to be fixed. You got to stop a mobile quarterback. That's got to be fixed. We're just not there yet. We're just not there yet. Let's get to a couple questions real quick. Um, Nick asks this. Are you more worried about the Patriots offense or defense? 100% I am worried about Cam Newton, which I don't think Cam Newton's a great NFL quarterback anymore. Um, but if you go up against a team that allows the quarterback to be involved in the running game, like the 49ers defense does, that scares the crap out of me. If we can stop them from running and converting third downs, 49ers win this game. That, that's all it comes down to. Yes, obviously, Stephon Gilmore, a you know, reigning defensive player of the year, is incredible, but we don't need to be throwing the ball deep on his side at all. We need to be throwing the ball over the middle, the intermediate passing game. That's where we need to attack. Look what we did to Jalen Ramsey, right? Uh, yawning on the sidelines because we're just not throwing him, uh, throwing it his way. That's what we need to do. Um, Tyson, do you think the guys we currently have healthy can produce more pass rush than what we saw versus the Rams? Yes, because you can't do less. <laughs> we had two quarterback hits. That's it. There were a both of those quarterback hits could have been sacks. Uh, you know, uh, Goff threw the ball last minute as he was being hit. 
but yeah, you've got to do better. And the Patriots offensive line has so many holes in it right now due to injuries. Uh, they're kind of scrambling and getting guys into the fold as well. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. Now, I do want to give a story for another review slash story on how how you get into the faithful. I love this. Um, and again, what I need you guys to do, if you haven't done it yet, come on. Uh, you know, you make these comments. I appreciate it. Love the energy. My countdown crew, let us know. Head over to iTunes. Type in 49ers Rush Podcast. Give us five stars and tell us a story about how you came up with the faithful. There's no story too long. There's no story too short. This one comes from every third stroke, which I haven't seen him in here today. But he is in almost every single live chat, and it, it signifies the faithful doesn't matter how you got here. It doesn't matter. It just matters that you stay. That's what's important. Okay. Um, here is his review slash story. He says, my go-to for 49ers news and hype. I never paid attention to football until I wound up in Atlanta for college during the Falcons 2016 run. Kyle Shanahan, right? Um, my roommate was a huge football fan and had the TV buzzing every Sunday night. When Jimmy Jean joined the 49ers at the end of the season, I hopped on the 49ers bandwagon. Um, though having grown up right in Santa Clara, it made complete sense for me. I wanted to be a part. The game that changed everything was the overtime upset for the Seattle Seahawks in 2018. I needed someone to follow along with and celebrate the victories, knocking rivals off in the playoffs. Um, the talent that I knew we had found the 49ers rush podcast at the perfect time, watching every episode religiously through the Niners Super Bowl run. That was so fun last year. I learned so much in the past year and have gained a much larger appreciation for the game. Um, he says, John knows what he's talking about. I am almost excited to hear him talk every episode um, as I am to watch the Niners. Then he says in capitals almost, thanks for the dig there. Stay strong, faithful. Thank you. Every third stroke, one of the greatest names out there. I freaking love that tag. But share your story through these stories. Again, th this is a new arrival to what it means. Wasn't even a big football fan. But through college and through friends, you get joined in. And then from that, what's next, right? He's a part of this. The guy turns in, tunes in religiously to all these podcasts. Um, and that's what faithful is. Doesn't matter how you got here. Matters that you stay. And when things get rough, you're still faithful. Faithful to the team. Doesn't mean you don't criticize players. Doesn't mean you don't criticize coaches. You're allowed to be negative every now and then. But don't be that one person that's just always like, oh, I hate this team. I hate this team. I hate this team. Don't do that. You're allowed to criticize. That's okay. Now, you don't at players. Golly, I hate people. <laughs> um, Niner Drag. I'm ready for Tarvarius Moore. Thank you, man. Right? I, here's my problem with Tart being out. They went straight to Marcel Harris. That's fine. Uh, you know, Marcel Harris and Tart are kind of the same guy. Tarvarius Moore and Ward are kind of the same guy. They have them playing the same spots. But I need a ball hawk. I'm with you, man. Um, with speed, tired of just being in position. I want safeties that make plays. I'm with you 100% Niner Drag. I want Tarverius more out there. Um, now, the good news is Jimmy Ward finally put up a good game. Hopefully, that will continue. But I have no clue why we don't have him out there. I don't get it. Tarverius Moore is a starter. He should be a starter. That's all there is. Um, I'm nobody you need to know as this most valuable player on both offense and defense. The 49ers can't afford to lose no matter what if there is just one. Um, man, that's a good question. We've kind of seen both of them already. Part of me wants to say Raheem Mostert. When he hasn't been in game, the offense hasn't worked. You could talk Jimmy Garoppolo, that's fine. But Raheem Mostert has been the trendsetter, and we don't have him. So we're going to find out if I'm wrong on that or not. I love Hasty. I like Jarek McKinnon. But Raheem Mostert's playing better than any running back in the NFL. Um, so, so that's a problem. Kittle, you know, we were able to get by without Kittle when we had Jordan Reed. Now we don't have Jordan Reed. So Kittle, obviously, um, we'll see how school does this week if he is, in fact, going to play left tackle. Defensively, Fred Warner playing lights out. Um, you know, even if you did move Quan and Drake Greenlaw over, what Fred Warner's doing right now is incredible. Um, now the, the sacks and interceptions aren't there, but... Warner's playing on par, and some people might consider this sacrilegious, but I'm going to stand by it. Fred Warner is playing on par. Uh, all pro-type seasons as Patrick Willis, as Navarro Bowman in their prime. 
Now, can he continue what he's done for the last four weeks over the course of the season? We hope so. But if you look at Fred Warner's play, it is a steady increase. It's not an up and down. It's a consistent improvement. There's not a better linebacker in the game. And so I'm curious to see how he's going to continue because it's incredible what he's done so far and almost impossible um, to keep up this level of play. But hey, man, let's see it. Let's see it. Um, let's see here from All-Star Luna. Uh, would you move Sherman to safety? Yeah, a lot of people have talked about that, but here's the deal. He hasn't practiced it at all, so you're not going to do that this year. We have safety depth. We have Marcel Harris and Tarverius Moore. We actually have good safety depth. Long term, I'm okay with that. Um, the problem is he's going to be so expensive. To sign Sherman next year is going to be very expensive. I'm not sure that is worth it. I love Richard Sherman. I hope he retires with us. Uh, he won't. He'll go back to Seattle just because he was there for so long. I love Richard Sherman. But at some point, these injuries and all that stuff, we got to see how he responds this year. He's going to come back at some point this year. Is his speed still there? Um, we'll have to wait to see. Um, personally, I'd put Tarverius Moore at safety uh, instead of moving Sherman there. But that's just me. Um, now, uh, that's going to kind of wrap it up for us today. I freaking love it. I love all the comments. I appreciate all the support. Incredible turnout for a Wednesday episode. Uh, we're going to take a break tomorrow. We'll be back Friday or Saturday with our preview scouting report. I got to jump into film as soon as I get off this and start breaking down Patriots film. It's been a while since we've seen them. Um, and their offense looks totally different. So we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Love the support. Thank you. Please hit subscribe hit that notification bell join the countdown crew get that hashtag cc in the first minute and a half of every episode to be entered for giveaways every month and guess what guys we're going to be back um in just two days thanks as always stay strong faithful Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.